We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friend at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Attention terrorists. Hold on. Here's Tara's Daily Rant. Good morning, Lee. Hey there, Tara. All right, Joe. If I was a Murdoch murder juror, right. I'd already be confused. What'd you know? Yeah, because, I mean, you got both sides seizing on the stuff. I mean, here's here's the thing that's really going to be interesting, okay? This, this Oklahoma-based forensic expert, Tom Bevel, mm-hmm. takes a look at the T-shirt. And officially, so far, we know his conclusion's already been published... Stained with high-velocity blood spatter resulting from shooting Maggie and Paul, his wife and son, right? Mm -hmm. But the problem is that February 4th, you know, February 4th draft report, so from last year, he first wrote that the stains on the, quote, the stains on the white T-shirt are consistent with transfers and not back spatter Mm -hmm. from a bullet wound. Um... And now Murdoch's lawyers are alleging that under pressure from investigators, the experts are like, well, now that I think about it. Yeah, it's totally stained with high-velocity blood spatter. Okay, but that's the opposite of what you wrote in your draft report. I mean, this guy has no credibility at this point. None. You, you, you can't just change it like that. And... What's going to be interesting is how much the jury gets to hear about the fact, well, let's just have somebody else look at the shirt. Yeah. Oh, we can't. We can't? No, it's gone. It, the, it, the, the, the evidence is, this is the key piece of evidence here. I mean, and so when, you, when all you have is two reports, one saying, yeah, totally blood spatter. No, definitely not blood spatter. And the first one's the one with the definitely not blood spatter. The second one is the one that contradicts it. And now there's no shirt left for the defense to check, to test with their own experts. There's no way to get another expert except this one who has no credibility. This is a disaster. Um, I mean, I'm just looking at this and going, wow. I mean, we need an investigation of the investigation. We do, we do in South Carolina because this can't happen again. This cannot happen in murder, murder trials. This is an absolute mishandling of the evidence by the prosecution. But so it's going to be very interesting to see this guy get there. They are absolutely going to put Bevel on the stand. And I bet you the defense is giddy. They cannot wait. And now we have your news report this morning, Lee. Mm-hmm. Well, Murda went over there and checked the pulse, he said. Well, he didn't have any signs of that on him. So, I mean, what does all of this mean? Blood spatter, not blood spatter? 
He's, he's lying. He's not lying. I mean, I, I, I don't know. I won't know what to make of it at this point. Well, then there's the whole issue of the raincoat and then the puddles of water when there was not rain. Yeah. Um, and then the story that his wife was uh, what water? They were over there watering flowers. Um, at the property. So I mean, this whole thing is just it's uh it's it's very interesting. It's gonna be very interesting to see what the jury thinks of it. Um, at the end of it, but I think the testimony this week is going to be interesting too. What did you make of the Trump visit this weekend? Um, pretty much a tree fell in the forest and nobody heard it. Um, it it was really interesting to me that this is. I, I tell you, I got, I got, I've gotten the feeling that instead of there being a active um, opportunity to silence Trump, mm-hmm. there's a passive one. It's just like okay. Um, previously, we could not get enough of anything that Donald Trump said prior to him becoming a candidate and, and during his candidacy and during the, the election. And the media, even the left-wing media, even though they were making negative comments and in some cases actually making things up about him, um, but they, they continue to cover it, and, and it was just like, you know, full-blown Trump 24-7. It, all the attention w- was given to him, and now it seems like if he shows up, we're just not going to cover it or we're just not going to say much about it. And uh, I, I just, you know... It was pretty low profile. I really didn't see much of the local or national media doing much with it. No. Um, and here, living here, you'd barely know he was here. Right. I mean, the news covered it, but it it just wasn't the normal fanfare well, Trump rolls into town with. You also, know? going to Columbia, the State House in Columbia on a Saturday, that just doesn't sound like to me someone who is trying to get a whole lot of attention out of something. And then there's the sort of weirdness of he's already racked up endorsements from, you know, prominent South Carolina Republicans, yeah. Henry McMaster, right. Lindsey Graham. And that's to be expected. Yeah, he has. Particularly McMaster. Yeah. But, um, you know, and of course, Tim Scott uh, is not endorsing him because he's either going to run himself or endorse Nikki Haley. Nobody's clear on which one of those will go. Um, but um, it, basically, they're saying in the Hill that, you know, that this is this was just very tepid, that people... Um, how should we put it? Well, um, several Republicans in the state, they write in the Hill, warn that Trump's grip on South Carolina's GOP voters is far more tenuous than it used to be. This rumblings of support for Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, people yep. with their, you know, thumbs up, testing the wind. Um, and uh, Alex Stroman, former executive director of South Carolina GOP, uh, said, you know, Trump came here in South Carolina to lock up his support, and I think that support's pretty soft. I know a lot of people who've endorsed him who felt like they were kind of pressured into it and had to do it, um, but don't plan on being with him when the election happens early next year yeah. in South Carolina. Yeah. You yeah. kind of got a hint of that. I mean, if he's was... still in the campaign when the primary goes on in South Carolina, that's going to be real interesting, and and that may be that may be the test of the you know, whether or not that that candidacy is going to continue. And believe me, I'm not writing anybody off. I'm not saying no, I'm anybody. Not either. But but I do feel like that the momentum right now is obviously with DeSantis. I think and, so, too. And I think that much of the Republican hierarchy, the, the but more than that, the, the grassroots folks, the, the ones that are not that tied in to the daily machinations of the Republican Party, I think that they're leaning more in that direction because— I think they're more concerned about policy than they are the necessarily the personalities. And that's, I don't know, maybe, maybe I'm just imprinting my personal beliefs and uh, emotions on this situation into that. But um, 
I just get the feeling that we're, we're more interested in moving the policies forward than necessarily exactly who's the one that's that's doing that. And quite honestly, um, over the past year or so, Ron DeSantis, to me, and, and I think many others, has done a better job of espousing and, um, and promoting the Republican conservative message than Donald Trump has been doing. And, of course, some of that may be because he's the one getting the attention. He's the one... Um, that is currently in office. He's the one that has been the target of the left-wing media, the target of um, you know some of the um, social Democrats and, and some of the policies that he's put in, uh, been able to get into effect in Florida. We'll see. I, I just have a funny feeling Trump's not going to be the nominee. I have for a long time. It's going to be a bigger fight than it was last time. Yeah, it will. Um, and it's going to be very interesting. And if I was DeSantis, I would do nothing, and I would say nothing. Yeah. Because the person doing the most damage to Trump right now is Trump. Um, and, that that meeting at Mar-a-Lago, and and with Fu- Nick Fuentes, white supremacist, and Kanye, Kanye, right yeah. after the yeah. anti-Semitic race gaff. I mean, I mean, uh, anti-Semitic gaffes. I mean, wh- what were you thinking? Well, I just I can't. I, I I just don't understand. And and allow Trump to be the lightning rod for the left. Right. Allow him to be the the ground strap so that the strikes can hit him, be grounded. And not affect the the other candidates until later on, you know, going into the primary. And, and you know, maybe that's part of the plan. Maybe that's part of what he's trying to do is saying, you know, hey, I'm, I'm going to sit here and I'm going to take the strikes for you. And, um, you know, if things don't work my way, um, I'll certainly throw my support to whoever the nominee is. And I, and I certainly hope that's the case. If he's not the nominee, I hope he, you know, graciously bows out and uh, will put his support there for whoever the Republican nominee is. And if he can. Uh, to support him and and be there to um, or support that person, not necessarily him, uh, to support they, <laughs> and uh, to be with them to to help them, um, you know, fundraising and and whatever else you can do to get um, get Joe Biden out of the office or whoever the uh, Democrat nominee is going to be. Amen to that. Um, I don't know though. I mean, Trump just this weekend accused Ron DeSantis of disloyalty. Yeah, nah, nah, so nah, nah. I think he's going to, if he can't, I think if Trump can't be the nominee, I think he's going to try to take out whoever is. Well, that's entirely possible. But look at what Lindsey Graham did. L- Lindsey Graham was hell bent for leather against Donald Trump during the campaign when he was in the race and has been one of his on again, off again biggest supporters. Yeah, and was standing behind him this yeah. weekend yeah. as Trump vowed to. Fight the rhinos. Lindsey Graham is literally standing behind him on that stage in Columbia laughing. It was a really weird optic. All right. Speaking of really weird optics, you know that whole Russian disinformation, Lee? They're they're messing with the election. They're trying to target voters. Yeah, that was all fake. We know that now. Guess who was behind faking Russian disinformation? We'll have that answer coming up. Terrorists want it. Hear the Terror Show weekday mornings on 1063 WORD and the Odyssey app.